0: 99 Jams, good morning. Happy Sunday, everyone. We are continuing discussing the JM family, also Southeast Toyota Distributors and JM Lexus. They are honoring local leaders at the awards ceremony, which is happening on Wednesday, April 25th. And it's all about the 2018 African-American Achievers Awards. I have live right now, who is getting the Arts and Culture Award segment, is Miss Cornelia Corky-Dozier. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am wonderful. First of all, congratulations. Oh, thank you so very much. Thank you. So I spoke to two other um, honorees, and their stories were hilarious. So I'd like to ask you, how many times were you nominated? This is the first time. Oh, check you out. <laughs> so they they were like the Susan Luccis of the of oh, the award They kept coming back. Right? Oh, God. every <laughs> year they were like, I was nominated twelve times. I was not. So who who nominated you? Do you know Cheryl? Cheryl Myself. Yeah, you from know here. You know what? You know, you know so Wonderful. Once. Cheryl co-signs, that's it. That's it. It's okay. a stamp of approval. And, <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know,
1: coming from this experience here, it, it was great because, you know, for so long, Cheryl and I have worked together with my involvement in productions and theater and mm-hmm. the various arts community and the nonprofit community. And Cheryl's been a part of all of that over the years. So... Uh, we have a great, great history, and, and of course, 99 jams have certainly played a part of my life historically so, since back in the early
0: 70s. You are getting honored for the arts and culture segment, but you're the founder of the Coconut Grove Playhouse Children's Theater. You are recognized as an ambassador of the arts for children and minorities for Miami-Dade County. Tell us a little history about yourself. I actually came here in 1972 from Broadway in a production called Don't Bother Me, I
1: Can't Cope the Coconut Grove Playhouse. Mm -hmm. And I actually was responsible for integrating theater. And so with it being an all-black production, Mm -hmm. uh, we were... Able to bridge communities that had never come to the Playhouse before, really reach out to broader communities. So that as we told an all-black life experience mm-hmm. in that production, we also created that bridge to the universal community, that mu- multicultural community that we have here in Miami.
0: Was so the Coconut was, great. was the Coconut Grove Playhouse all black or, or Coconut was, Grove Playhouse
1: had never done a production for African Americans for people of color.
0: Wow, so yours was the first Ours and then was the very started... first
1: production to ever be done, and that was in 1972. Uh, a production that was directed by Vanette Carroll, who was the first Black producer director on Broadway. The Playhouse was really basically close to people of color. In fact, when I arrived, I came as a union representative okay. uh, for Actors Act- Equity Association and to ne- negotiate the contracts and make sure that everything was according to the union rules. And when I arrived, I was told that hotels were not open to blacks. And so I actually negotiated with the City of Miami and then uh, City of Miami Commissioner Father Theodore Gibson. And Father Gibson, who was Bahamian and really was the centerpiece of the black experience in Coconut Grove, and Coconut Grove being the first black community of Miami-Dade County, this was a very important move. And so he was able to galvanize other ministers, bring them together. We told I told them of the situation. And so they asked members of their congregation who would open their doors and we stayed in the homes, never did anything like that. I mean, we were all professional yeah. people. I got my union card at 12 years of age. Okay. you know. So <laughs> I, we stayed in the homes of the people in the community. So the, the 70s in the South was really making that transition, that transition slowly. <laughs> A very slow transition. Ugh. As arts do, they educated people. They made people more empathetic. They made people more compassionate. They made people see the connections and similarities in life. It really bridged our community, and it was the very first movement to actually create that bridge from, from that all-Black experience to that universal humanity experience mm-hmm. where
0: everybody got it, you know? The arts just brings people, like, as you said, together, because, like, in, I'm sure in Africa... I know in the Dominican Republic and in Haiti, where my family's from, I'll go to the inner cities, not the uh, resort places, and the kids are there doing plays and art and acting and all that dancing, and they don't know that they're doing art. They're just doing it because that's what they love. It's a
1: means of freedom. It's a means of self-expression. And, you know, when you think about art from... You have to think about the first man and the fir- or the first woman in our case, because mm-hmm. all the world started with the first woman, of course, and that was in Africa. Mm-hmm. But when you find the first art expressions, be they visual arts expressions or how we communicate and our storytelling or whatever we're doing from that perspective, something that is integrated into the way of life. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we didn't label it high art, fine art. yeah, But it's a way of our expressing ourselves and communicating who we are as a people and how our life happens from a day-to-day standpoint. That's that's the purpose of the arts, to actually interpret life as we move along and look at alternatives in terms of life and use our imagination and our creativity to be able to stimulate an interest and then bring people together. You know, all processes are creative. And 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 we, particularly as people of African descent, are particularly creative people, highly creative. I always say we're closer to God. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> when you know, that, that that melanin really makes a difference. Okay. You know, but but the the concept of being highly creative people and high, highly emotional people mm-hmm. uh, makes the whole process of the art something that becomes a a, a wonderfully natural process that our children get right away. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's an easy process to educate. It's an easy process to 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 connect and and really make a difference in terms of helping our young people know who they are and who people are around them and how we better come together. And you know, I've used it from a social change standpoint in so many instances. You know, I I created PayFac. The Payback Program, integrating arts and basic education, and 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 that was to create those opportunities for young people of color to have exposure in music and and dance and theater. And you know, I've had opportunities to do television. I'm a three-time Emmy award-winning director with young people. Those television productions. Congratulations. And and and. and Creating those experiences where now you're not just performing for a thousand people. Like, for instance, at Caleb Auditorium, we would take productions every year at the Children's Theater or Guspin Theater at downtown or any of the theaters that are large venues besides mm-hmm. the Playhouse. And 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 do educational experiences where we talked about the leaders of our black community and, you know, historically. Educated and, them, and, wow. While- Educating them while entertaining them. So I called it
0: edutainment. Edutainment. (laughs) Okay. There was a rapper, Karis One, that said edutainment. Yes. Yes. That was his thing too.
1: Edutainment. So, you know, we did those kind of performances for years and then doing the television experiences. So people were really able to see the very best of our young people and to create those opportunities where now I have, you know, Mm -hmm. young people that contact me on a regular basis and call me mama. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? You know, that that uh, that have gone on to become producers and directors of their own theaters and 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 incredible playwrights and and or are doctors or lawyers or you know every day they're sending information to me my daughter is a music therapist and has her mba and her doc soon to have a doctorate in education and uh, and and she uh, works in early childhood education, mm. but she bridges the arts and all that she does to be able to stimulate our, the children that she works with, with, who happen to be primarily children that come from poverty, come from those experiences where not much is offered to them in terms of opportunities to see life and so certainly the arts bridge that that gap. My daughter is if you you're super Cindy you know mm-hmm. cars that go boom um mm-hmm. La Trim. Yeah. Well, my daughter is Bunny D. Get out of here. <laughs> so I love that video. It's
0: so cute. So, you know, I <laughs> I out. you know
1: when my daughter uh, my daughter so she's a, one of the top 100 hip hop artists, you yes. know. And I appreciate so hip hop, you know. State-
0: People rap. Songs of the history. That's right, history. historically. And it's yeah. still she's still getting residuals from that. Really? Still yes, to honey, this day. Some checks. Let me get she's getting paid. <laughs> you know, that was back in the eighties, and yeah, she's still and getting still, checks. I could still see the video in my brain. Yes.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know, it it's it's wonderful. Most people don't, you know, when I talk about the hip hop music experience and the youth experience and form of communication that tells what life is about mm-hmm. and how we can make change.
0: So I just want to congratulate you on being honored at the 2018 African American Achievers Awards. It was so interesting speaking to you. Let all the listeners know where they can follow and maybe join, support you in in the theater. Like, where can they join, support, donate? All that, all of the above. You know, I have so many involvements
1: throughout my my year. I I start my year with the Miami Broward Carnival, mm-hmm. and I you know I produce events wow. besides doing my. Performing arts and mm-hmm. my visual arts mm-hmm. and my creative writing mm-hmm. and my producing. I also do events. So I start with the Carnival and then I do New Year's Eve, like just did with. The last three years, uh, the Big Orange New Year's Eve celebration downtown at Bayfront Park, the Pit Bull, my television production. <laughs> and we're looking at how we're going to move forward for the coming years and how we tie in with Super Bowl that's coming in 2020. And that's going to be ex- exciting. And then uh, Martin Luther King Parade in Liberty City. And that's mm-hmm. been a joy for me for many, many, many years to not only be in... Inst- Instrumental in making sure that the dollars are remaining, but also that we produce fine quality production. And Mm -hmm. certainly without the station, these stations here, it would be almost impossible because they are so incredibly. Uh, supportive of what we've done over the years uh, with Hot 105 and 99 Jams. And then the Coconut Grove Arts Festival and the, and all of the other events. I mean, I, I continue to not just do our black experiences, but, you know, the Cayocho, the Asian Cultural <laughs> fest. those are all experiences that I was one of the founders of. So people, so you you know, you're not
0: just in the African-American community, the I, black community. I,
1: well, you know. we, we, none of ours are. You know, yeah, exactly. and the reality—we're yeah, living in a <laughs> bubble. You know, we yeah. are all a part of a real world, and and the more that we connect with one another, the easier it's going to be. That's why I think JM family. Um, for this opportunity because first as a woman, then as an African-American, then as an artist, then as a nonprofit leader, we are so undervalued. And so for JM family to recognize, yes. you know, who we are as a nonprofit industry, to recognize our contributions in the broader scope and that, you know, we, we save lives and that we, you know, create quality of life. So the better way of getting me is to go through the Greater Miami Host Committee as we continue to really promote the assets of our community and bring our communities together from a multicultural standpoint. And that's partnered with the
0: Greater Miami Convention and Visitors Bureau. So that's basically greatermiami.com? Greater Miami Host Committee. Okay, Greater (laughs) Miami Host Committee. So I want to thank you for stopping by 99 Jams. We will follow all your movements and congratulations on being honored. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it indeed. So here we are with my final honoree for the 26th annual African American Achievers Award. And she is being honored with one of my favorite topics, education. In the building I have Miss Jacqueline Haywood. Good morning, Jacqueline. Good morning. First, congratulations on being honored. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. How many times were you nominated? I was nominated once. Wow, so congratulations. Do you know who nominated you? Uh
2: Francine Barr who is the current sitting principal at Deerfield Beach Middle School in Deerfield Beach, Florida. Yeah, I've been her mentor for several years and quite happy with the success that she's made as a principal there and uh mentored her as she was an AP, uh, built a relationship with her and just so proud of the great work that she's doing at Deerfield Middle
0: so tell us a little bit about yourself for the listeners that don't know. What What is it that you do in the field of education?
2: Well, I, I'm a director, which I supervise principals mainly. That's what mm. I do in the field, as well as coach them, train them. Uh, provide experience with them so that they can have a greater impact on their teachers as well as the children that are there. Principals, so we're all a team together.
0: Principals have a heavy task. They oh, do. Absolutely. So, and you're the person that helps guide them. The and, support,
2: the collaboration, uh, uh, working out the problem solving with them mm-hmm. and helping them build equity in their school so that each kid receives each and every kid receives a quality education i
0: love that so when you found out you had won what was your reaction where were you did you know you were nominated uh i did not know any of the above it was really
2: uh mixed feelings um basically i called it like a gradual release uh the first time i heard it i was like and who did this what how did i get in this position and what is this all about And then it moved from there to realizing that the day that I received the call was the same day of my mother's what would have been her 98th birthday Uh, and my mother was a 45 year veteran uh, super outstanding educator as well and I said what an awesome time to honor her legacy as well as being humbled and honored myself to be a recipient of this
0: what a blessing on that day Uh. just just validation (laughs) in terms
2: of the work that she has taught me and the work that I try to make sure that I'm committed to doing every day for children
0: yeah carried on to you and i i would say this honor is for the both of you Seriously. absolutely that's the way i see it yeah so the
2: last part of it was like uh publishers clearing house
0: and <laughs> you know how those people get ex- excited yeah. they could
2: have filmed me at that particular $1, time
0: dollars a week absolutely <laughs> absolutely i love it so by being nominated and then by winning this honor how does it help Education and your mission Well I think
2: it would help because you know Education is all about changing and improving The quality of life Mm -hmm. and so this Award allows me to continue in the Benevolent spirit Mm -hmm. Of unselfishly giving And a service to all mankind And so the scholarships will be provided Through my sororities Mm -hmm. Uh, My sorority which is Alpha Kappa Alpha Uh, We have an education advancement Foundation and of course you know that it is The first Greek letter organization Founded Mm -hmm. so therefore we we have uh, launched some new dimensions to service educational enrichment. And so, therefore, the money that I have received uh, from JM Foundation will go to Alpha Cap Alpha Sorority uh, Educational Endeavors, as well as Women in Distress, and also, of course, uh, Alzheimer's Research.
0: So all three very important causes... Those are awesome causes yes. that I am
2: really committed to, definitely. I very passionate that. about.
0: How do people, um, like where do they go to like volunteer or be a part of it? Or are they part of the Deltas? or the alpha, what, what? Just
2: part of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. Mm-hmm. We all work together as a team, especially with the Pan-Atlantic Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to seek out volunteers to come in and work one-on-one with students in some of my uh, schools, as well as help with ordering or help with the needs of kids who specifically need to make some relationships and build relationships with mentors. Mm -hmm. So we reach out to all of those who have some time that want to spend a little time in some of our schools uh, to work with kids so that we can better prepare them for the future. So the way to get in contact with me would be Jacqueline.Haywood at BrowardSchools.com or www.BrowardSchools.com, the Department of Office of School Performance and Accountability or www.Broward.K12.com. Dot, dot us and as i said i supervise a cadre a portfolio of 11 schools and those schools are the most underserved marginalized uh, schools in our district and we are striving to make an impact on the students the teachers and increase teaching and learning so that all of our kids can be uh, successful
0: yes i i, I you know th- like if a school is not being You know, recognized or funded properly, then definitely the kids are the ones that are being affected. So, what you're doing is amazing. Now, the African American Achievers program is all about saying thank you. Now, who made an impact in your life that you would like to say thank you to?
2: Well, I always go back to the village. And when I was growing up as a baby boomer, uh, the village really took very, very good care of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that village was a community in which you lived. So all of the teachers that impacted my life, I I would love to say thank you to them. All of the People that mentored me as I was coming through the ranks of education in the school district, mm-hmm. I would love to say thank you to. It's many, many of them uh, from the custodian, Miss Molly, at Lauderdale Manners Elementary School, uh, to uh, the media specialist at Dillard High, uh, who uh, made a great impact on my life and kind of changed me. And had me looking in different directions to know that I could move up and make even a greater impact and influence on teaching and learning in the district. So that would be Ms. Dorothy Howard. And as an assistant principal, uh, I was under Willie Dudley, Walter Cooper, and of course the fabulous Dr. Joanne Harrison, uh, who saw in me some things. Uh, that set me on this particular journey where I am with supervising
0: principals. So thank you. And I want to thank those people too because they're the ones that have you here being honored, winning after being nominated one time. I'm going to keep saying that. (laughs) Awesome. So how did certain experiences and situations in your life affect your desire to create change in the community?
2: Well, education has always been a major priority in my life. Uh, Again, my village taught me that the only way to get a share of the American dream was using education as the conduit. So I really have had an obsession, a belief that every child has to be afforded an opportunity to achieve at their highest level possible. And, you know, children have a right to be prepared to reach their dreams. Uh, I'm no nonsense when it comes to every kid getting what they so deserve. And there should be no excuses when it comes to teaching and learning. So my challenge has has always been uh, to find a way to make it happen by any means necessary for children as long as it's legal, because I believe that every door should be knocked down and every effort made to do what's necessary for every child. And that's looking at every child, one child at a time. So my community work is missionary work. Uh, uh, It's my calling and that I believe in public education and I work in the public school system I make every effort possible to enrich the lives of every student that is under my watch And so doing this requires that I build capacity uh, with the principals I supervise As well as ensure that as much equity as possible uh, And it's always provided to students and coaches And we want to make sure that everybody stretches what they do for kids So that we can make a great and a heavier impact on them so I work with an awesome network of people, uh, an awesome network of individuals to make sure that my schools achieve mm-hmm. at high levels of success, and that every child and each one is reached and obtained at least a year's worth of growth. We can only expect that, uh, and much, much more that kids learn when they come to school and they move up and progress at least one grade level every year.
0: How do we? How do? by you working with the principals how do you ensure that because a principal can only stay connected to so many kids so it, it's like a team effort with the whole staff of the school how what advice do you give the principals so that they can connect more with their students of the school that they run what
2: i do is we have leadership team meetings mm-hmm. and i i probably visit my schools at once or twice a week. Uh, The 11 schools, the 11 portfolio schools that I have, Mm -hmm. uh, they were the most struggling schools in the district, uh, usually F and D schools. Uh, And so now uh, within a year, they've all reached at least a designation of a C or better, with the exception of one. And so what we do is it takes quite a bit of time, Mm -hmm. but the children are important and we have to be vested in the work that we do for them. So when I go out and we have our leadership team meetings with the principal, the support staff, and I call them my mission critical team, uh, which is a team of three content area specialists, one in reading, one in math, and one in science. Uh, They are Tanya Burke, Deshauna Brown, and Wanda Ponder. Mm -hmm. We go out and make sure that we have the time and we do whole school in terms of looking at what's happening with every kid in every classroom and every grade level Mm. and looking at the work that's being presented to them so we know... In fact, what is it that we need to do? So we have data discussions. Uh, We have analysis about those kids. We talk about their social and emotional needs. We talk about whether the school psychologist or social worker needs to come out so that we can resolve some of the issues that they might have before we can get to the root causes of the deficits and the academic issues. So it's a great team effort when we spend the time and take the time to look at every kid in every one of those 11 schools individually. Names, roster is called, Mm -hmm. and we go through everything, the progressive work that they've done, the student work that they've done, and, of course, you know, schools are based now on Florida state standards. So we're looking at the standards that have been taught to these particular kids.
0: You know what I always wanted to know? Um, does a principal, for someone to become a principal, do they have to be a teacher first, then a vice principal? Like, what is the steps? Like, got, how do you become a principal? Those are the steps. You got
2: it correctly. So, so you usually a
0: teacher. I knew the uh, answer Usually <laughs> teacher
2: or support staff member, which is a mm-hmm. guidance counselor or an ESE specialist, mm-hmm. uh, And ESE stands for what? Exceptional Student Education. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that is the process, and an assistant principal, and then to the principal's rank. Okay. So that means that I have done all of those things. So I started out in the district Mm -hmm. as a school psychometrist. And a lot of times people say, what the heck is that? I was
0: just about to say, what is that? It has (laughs) to
2: do with the metrics and it has to do with assessments, psychological assessments. So I started out uh, because I was very interested in kids in uh, your low social economic areas of the communities being labeled as exceptional students, and it was uh, disproportionate Mm -hmm. and too many of them. So that way I could kind of look at, assess, and be accountable for ensuring that kids got placed in the proper programs that they needed and not so many of them uh, being placed in one particular program. So I did that for a while. I've also taught for a while. I've been a guidance counselor. I've trained teachers with the beginning teacher program uh, in the district. So many teachers that I've built relationships over the years, as well as those, like I said, with Francine Barr Mm -hmm. in terms of her becoming a principal at this particular time. many, many students when they were coming up. Hired a lot of kids from uh, Florida A&M University, as well as Bethune-Cookman and our surrounding historical black colleges, who are now currently very successful in the school district and doing some excellent work uh, to improve uh, student achievement. Thank you. All right, so
0: it was so nice meeting you. Your girl, Super City, we're wrapping up Community Matters. Make sure you hang out with me tomorrow morning on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. Have a great Sunday.